Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Now we have our next guest in the studio with us. We've got uh, Jared O'Connor, who is an artist, who we are uh, here to talk about an exhibition that's on here at the Pride Centre called Funny Queens of the that. Pub. I know, exactly. <laughs> just downstairs. <laughs> He's just downstairs. But, uh, but Jared, uh, before we talk about the exhibition, a, a little bit of background. I, I know some listeners might have heard it before, but there are also a lot, of, well, hopefully there are also new vi- vi- listeners who may not have. Now, just a ba- bit of background on you, Jared. How, how did you get started in in, in the arts, you know, if the field that you're working in, and how is that? How did you get to where you are here? I suppose. <laughs> well, I started in the visual arts, actually studying photography. I actually worked with disabled kids when I very first started, and I, I ran a um, photography department in um, a school in Armidale, and then I studied photography and specialised in fine art. And once I graduated, which was in the 90s, I, I went into advertising and, and fashion. And um, in the 90s, advertising and fashion was quite editorial and really conceptual. Mm. And, and I learnt, I probably learnt my um, skills to be quite polished as a technician through advertising, more so than school. And um, I did big campaigns. I got campaigns for people like Pepsi and I shot for Vogue and I shot for, um, you name it, Target. But a lot of fashion labels, shot a lot in Sydney, mainly in Sydney, and I shot a bit in London and and all over the place. And then um, I worked part-time in nightclubs. And whilst working part-time in nightclubs, I met um, a friend of mine, Mark Wozniak, who was a door bitch on the door of Tasty. (laughs) (laughs) And And Tasty, um, who was the DJ at Tasty? uh, The DJ, well, Gavin Campbell actually ran Tasty. And and I'd gone from, like, while I was um, trying to support my career as a photographer, I went from working at Razor to working at Tasty. So I was doing, you know, burning the candle on both ends. (laughs) So our paths crossed, um, yours and mine, so many times back in that era... And we never knew each other. That was, that's so funny, isn't yeah. it? That we found that out uh, actually through this current exhibition yeah. when it first showed. But um, the the club that we would have met in would have been Razor. Razor, yeah. And yeah. Razor was a real... In, Razor, funnily, ended up being quite inspirational for me because Razor was a, a nightclub that was so diverse. <laughs> you know, you would rub shoulders with celebrities, yep. young people, old people, every sort of gender and nationality and there was no judgment mm. except you sort of had to be cool <laughs> um, <laughs> you had to you had to be no sort of someone who worked there or be somehow connected but apart from that there was really no judgment so i got actually a lot of inspiration mm. from um looking at groups of people 
people behaving together from that particular night. <laughs> and, and can I go back? Just go back to your, your advertising background. Yeah. Um, in advertising, doing photography for, for in advertising, how much creative control do you actually have in that? You know, in that in that arena. Uh, that, that, that's interesting because at that time I had a fair bit because Mark. When I met Mark, I I was in the early nineties. Mm. Um, I just thought he was really stylish and well dressed. So mm. I. There was a new, um, there was a new career starting, which was as a stylist. And so Mark, rather than the photographer running around and doing everything, Mark would dress things or help me and we would work together. So we worked, we did a lot of editorial for magazines in Sydney. So we got clients like Target and we did billboards. We did really interesting things together where we actually rondelled a whole kitchen mm. and did a game of strip jack naked so we're advertising bras and underwear but people were like playing poker in a room and they there were big budgets mm. so mark and me would take weeks to build the set come up with a concept and they're really poppy creative um and i was seeing work overseas by like italian photographers who would do advertising or even helmut newton where they would do advertising but then turn their work into art and sell mm. their art as well it mm. was quite um yeah, it was a good learning time so for me. Sorry, sorry, David. I was just saying to say because it, it's almost like a natural progression because yeah. when you look at when you look at the pieces that, especially the ones downstairs, yeah, you can you can see that stylist, that the, the styling as that comes through because it's very can prominent. I, can I say something really interesting, which I only just saw yesterday on Instagram? Like, I think a lot of fashion and advertising has been led by big teams now, so there's less of that spontaneity creativity which mm. has a follow through and a lot of people might go oh, I don't know whether they agree or not but currently in Vanity Fair Madonna's just advertised her world tour yep. and some it's Italian Vanity Fair has done this whole religious um, photo shoot with Madonna okay. and I think it's quite it harks back to that 90s editorial right. stuff that I particularly like. And so it's polished, it's conceptual, it's, yeah, it's work that I probably was my inspiration, those Italian photographers, particularly yeah. from the 90s. Oh, but the Italians had, you know, like just got so much style yeah. and, and a very creative race of people. And in history, they, they have been as well. Yeah. So, but when, when did you all of a sudden, you know, like you and Mark had been working together on commercial stuff, when did you make this giant leap and go, okay, let's be our, you know, like, let's, you know, like, create our own worlds? It was, it was kind of a little, it was partly by choice and partly by being forced into it. So, I, Mark continually got work because he would shoot, he would do, he would style, um, fashion parades and I could have gone into directing, which I probably should have done or gone overseas but rather than doing that I just saw a market where rather than being a filmmaker I could create big cinematic imagery and do it as a still and my and um whilst we were doing advertising we would dabble with having exhibitions and put work into exhibitions and I saw that I started selling things and then I I entered an Australian Photographer of the Year and won that award and then I entered some international awards and found that I was winning them. So I was becoming, as advertising had more people involved in it, so they had PR companies and, and, um, and they'd have agencies like overseeing their product, 
I liked to be a bit freer, and so I started working in creative, coming up with creating creative mm. concepts, mm. applying for grants, also finding money sometimes with businesses that would support us to um, do our own work. And so we started coming up with themes, and we did themed work from the late. Uh, probably 2005, we started doing themed portraits after mm. we were doing editorial, and then we um, then we we took on the challenge of doing bigger and bigger scenes where we thought, imagine doing a scene with, you know, 40 people. Mm. Imagine then doing a scene with 50 people and then we did a, like a, um, a scene. The biggest amount was like 90 people. And we would go to so much pre-production and effort into putting the work together. Then we started doing pastiches. So there were little stories that aligned with the big group scene and they became the exhibition um, and, so. and, and you know, like some of the ones you've done o- over the years, um, like the Tango one, which you shot at um, the meat market, and you would swear that it was in Buenos Aires. In Buenos Aires, uh, yeah. and, um, and you even took that. Well, you didn't take that one. You took the Victorian one, yeah. which you shot at Ripon Lee. Correct, and, yeah. uh, and, you know, like the beautiful costumes, which you used from Opera Australia, that you went into yeah. their, um, you know, like wardrobes and, and that. You know, like so much detail and so much storytelling yeah. that, that you and Mark were doing. Uh, absolutely extraordinary. And then uh, this uh, Queens of the Pub. So explain, what what are the Queens of the Pub? So the Queens of the Pub, it was like a culmination of that kind of storytelling. And so what I found interesting was fact is a lot more interesting than fiction. So we looked at the history of inner city um, and why it became attractive for people to move into the um, central, apart from proximity was the fact that it had a social content. So it was a working class, it was run down. And the local pubs, there was a woman, um, I've told this story a few times, but Maria, who runs the um, the pub um, in Brunswick Street, she still sits at the bar and she's been there since the probably the 1960s, 70s. And she had um, four kids, they lived upstairs and in order to survive she was the chef, she would rent rooms out upstairs <laughs> and then on a Sunday, on Monday night she'd have a gay night, on a Tuesday night she'd have a punk night, Wednesday night she'd have half price for local workers so she was very I thought very inclusive and very mm. interesting. And then when I thought of Queen of the Pub I went to visit her and it was like visiting the Queen. And then I did research, St Kilda Hat was the same. There was a woman that did something similar at the George. The Esplanade had a similar story. You know, Alfred Felton was another interesting story. But I thought all these stories from the history of a local suburb Mm. is something that should be told and remembered. So we pushed it a bit further and collected bottle tops from all the local pubs and then spent a couple of years making our queen of the pub which was now uh, extraordinary it's a cape that the queen wears in a lot of the shots uh and it's um bottle tops that you you know you hammer them flat and then you screw a little couple of little holes into them yeah. and then link it so it's like a chain um a male like the they used to wear as armor yeah, back in the days yeah and it's this gold shimmering cape and it's yeah. bottle tops it's all bottle tops yeah so it's literally all bottle tops collected from 
local pubs and yep. we worked with Danny Zanetti. So we we put a call out and find a lot of people in, who are interested in something creative. And so she worked with us for a couple of years and showed us the mechanics of putting costume jewellery together. Yep. So we basically made armour, which looks like royal attire but it's actually just rubbish from a pub that costs nothing there <laughs> but, was but then uh, the other the side of it there's uh with with the queen and she's got this amazing necklace on and it's the wire of a champagne corks, uh, corks that holds the, the the cork in yeah uh and you've created this incredible neck piece and yeah and you're like there is so and and you're like at one stage uh what's it called the scepter that yeah and it's a mop a mop turned yeah. upside down yeah you know, but this mop still on the bottom with, with a the little- shambourg shambourg bottle on yeah. the top and the shambourg bottle actually has a crown top so as you do it you think of ways like we there was ring pulls and we did vests for some of the soldiers which were made of ring pulls and the um and then we connected um a whole lot of kitchen scourers to make a wig for the queen and and everything her crown her scepter her her thing was a mop her um the cuffs that looked like lace were champagne cages there was um i mean we could have kept doing it we could have kept coming up with concepts like the more you look at the refuge that we throw away and the the idea also was that like in a social space all these are uh, discarded conversations and so the idea is you pull them back together Mm. and turn them into a living memory but but uh, some i don't even know if they're called ladies in waiting but that's what i call them and they've got these magnificent dresses on yeah and and what they are is that they're men's dinner suits that you picked up from op shops or you know like from uh from the gutter or where yeah, and you've made them into these extraordinary dresses. These two, yeah, two women actually called. They're called Two Threads. We came across them, and they they recycle. They actually came to the opening the other night, and they turn. Um, Mark actually came across them. They make couture dresses mm. out of men's waistcoats and dinner jackets because already the structure is there of the garments, so they've returned them into something yep. else, which is like these magnificent like ball gowns. They yeah. look like yeah. um, Victorian ball gowns. And and then that one of the shots is um there's seventy or eighty people in the shot and it's at the stair it's on the stairwell of uh, the SB Hotel and and there's choir boys or altar boys you know in yeah. their 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 outfits and and you're know, like there's all these sort of punk people very uh, Vivian Westwood in a way um you know like. Jared is absolutely extraordinary. Well, that that was a that was definitely an ode to Vivian Westwood. They still call the Queen of probably fashion, and there was a there was a trash royal quality to her where she brought street fashion into yep. the aesthetic of yep. something royal and that you know i was really lucky because we came with this concept to local businesses um and one of the local businesses that supported us was andy mullins from the um esplanade hotel and he gave us access to the pub for three days wow which was it just became a backdrop studio yeah. for us yeah. to um photograph and that particular staircase reminded me of razor yep because the meeting 
place of when you went to raise it was a two floor building and um there was upstairs was a pool room da- and downstairs was dance floor but you'd w- always hover in between yep. and it was a jammed staircase and generally you'd run into people and chat and talk on the on staircase, the staircase yeah. and so the the royal that was yeah. a bit of an ode to uh and you know like there's also on the breakwater um you know all the the rocks are, at St Kilda and then you've added these amazing um uh, clouds behind it but there's the queen standing with um you know some of the punk people around her or a priest or whatever yeah. um you've pulled a beautiful exhibition together and it's and it's not the first time it's run because mark who you've been chatting about unfortunately yeah. is no longer with us that's correct yeah so unfortunately mark um who worked with me for like virtually 30 years um we lost a couple of years ago and he was amazing style stylist costume and, and you were best friends you best weren't friends. you weren't yep. lovers but you were best friends yeah and you know like the your friendship and your working um ethics together it's just extraordinary we were really soulmates we were like yeah. creative soulmates and we did just like everything together on all sorts of different levels and and then we found great people like i had this wonderful retoucher matthew ryan who did the retouching on a lot of the shoots that we did together we together me and mark would find really close relationships and um and 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 work with these people creatively for long periods of time because they liked the concept the idea behind what we were doing and and that's where i first met you at um at the launch of queens of the pub which was a couple of years ago and and yeah like now now we as we said mark's no longer here what what's what does this mean for you um you know like uh, jared uh, to actually have this exhibition on here as part of midsummer in the the victorian pride center in the foyer for everyone to see the pieces look amazing on the wall what 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 does it mean to you it was really touching it was actually really the last couple of days i've actually felt a little bit depressed afterwards but to have our work there in such a magnificent building mark would have been so proud of it like he was particularly proud of this exhibition because it was the last one that we produced and the production level so polished yeah and um and really worth seeing it it really means a lot because it's um it's something that that mark even though it was just prior to him actually becoming unwell but it was something that he would work tirelessly on he'd he'd previously actually gone to cap um to japan to work on a job for Kathmandu, so he was still getting high prestigious work um in advertising but Mm. when he did commercial work uh, when he did fine artwork he was just mm. so proud of it mm. so that was his essence his total love mm. and something he would have been you know proud to get up and see and speak with you and me mm. like we spoke the other night at the at the opening um, mark would have been there and just been so happy oh, and sh- been planning the next shoot yeah, you know yeah, launching yeah, off yeah. this would have been the next step where we were where we were yep. going to go next yeah. so it All means right. a lot. Well, it's here for everyone to see. Um, you can come in any time. And it's, uh, it extends beyond Midsummer Festival. Yeah, that's correct. It's it goes to April, yep. some, some date in April. And there's also a film playing, which was edited by Sean McC- 
Cully, and that's on in playing in the back room in the cinema, yep. Yep. Um, which shows yeah, the making of it. Uh, and, that, and it's brilliant. So uh, please come and check out this exhibition. It's absolutely magnificent. It's so good to see it up again, Jared. Uh, so well, thanks congratulations. For thanks it. for the interview, Dave. My pleasure. No, thank and, you uh, so much. Thank you so much. We've been talking to Jared O'Connor, who's got uh, the Queen of the Queens of the Pub exhibition, which is on here at the Pride Centre until April. So get on down here and have a look at it. It's just as you enter in, so it's, it's very hard to me. Joy 94.9 is a GLB TIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.